When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Empire. You thought you knew, but you have no idea. It's the urban sports scene. are listening to the urban sports scene with Ray Jeezy and myself, Ole. The homie Will T is out, and we are part of Amphire Media at Amphiremedia.com. What's good, Ray Jeezy? Our discussion before the show says it all. We're ready for <laughs> this commander's talk, the stadium location. <laughs> it's everything, man. Watching social media, which I just vented about a little bit, I'm seeing the views of everybody, especially the Northern Virginia folks and beyond. Uh-huh. So I got so much to say. I'm going to try to bring it all together. It's going to be difficult, though. So if I start to rant, <laughs> it's all good. just get me under control, bro. I feel like it's understandable <laughs> if you rant. You know what I'm saying? I think I kind of feel like it's understandable if you start to rant. And, and by the way, I am a PG County resident. I was born in the district, raised in PG County. I'm not offended by anything that's been said about PG County. Mm-hmm. To me, it's more of a commander issue. But I just want to say, keep in mind, if people talk about where you're from, you're going to defend it. Mm-hmm. So if you see someone who is seemingly angry about what you're saying, that's because they're just passionate about where they're from. That's all. Yeah, no, but no, let, no. let's keep it respectful. Just that's keep, all. Yeah. <laughs> but before we get into all that, man, you know, we, we you know, you text us in, in the morning. Oh, yeah. And yeah. it's sad news, man. You know, friend of the show, you know, we 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 ended up really liking the family and whatnot. And no doubt. um if you haven't heard, uh Gary Russell Sr., um, the father of, of former uh, feather, WBC featherweight champion Gary Russell Jr. Um, also Antonio Gary Russell Jr. and also um, Antoine Gary mm-hmm. Russell Jr. Uh, he passed. He passed um, mm-hmm. yesterday. Um, so anybody you know who's familiar with the family, you know if you follow the family on social media or whatever, you know just send your play- prayers. You know give them a shout out or something. Something just just some type of term of endearment. Uh, what's going on? But most importantly, set a shout out, give them a show a prayer or whatnot, and pray for the family. And media folks, be respectful. Although, yeah. based on what Gary posted on Instagram, he's benefiting from the messages and mm-hmm. even the visits he, he mentioned, which is dope. Some people want privacy during this time. Yeah. But real quick, Gary Russell Senior to me was a special dude because not just what he did with his family and working with his sons day in and day out, but Community. once he developed a relationship with you as a person and meaning me, just someone who's interviewed the Russell family. I saw them at MGM prior to a press conference. This was maybe an hour and a half before it started. And I was the first person he came up to, dapped up. He's like, yeah, I remember you smiling. Just a nice person. Every time I saw him, when we interviewed Gary in the heart of the pandemic, he was out front, spoke, always showed love. At the the very first time we went to interview them, remember, he's like, I'm going to put my gun back on safety because I didn't know who y'all was. I remember. But after that, from that point on, it was almost like, he said, anybody who comes here, you're like extended family. If you yeah. want to train, whatever you want from us, if we can help you, we'll do it. So it's very sad, especially because these boys spent every day with him. Mm-hmm. He was not just somebody that was a father. He was somebody that was their coach and just being there day in and day out. It's a tough, tough loss. And 
I don't know how they're going to resume their careers. And yeah. that's not the important thing. It's just them healing. And it, it, it never ends the grieving process. But, you know, just and, being there for them, like you said. And just, yeah, and just, you know, being in that situation. You know, I lost my father like three years ago. Um, similar, you know, complications, to, you know, to whatever. And, mm-hmm. you know, you're never really the same. Right. Um, and especially, you know, for somebody who's done so much for your family, you know, for your family in terms of raising you, teaching you how to be a man, teaching you mentally, spiritually, um, physically, you know, how to, you know, become this person that you are. And, and you know, my, my thing to them, if they ever, they're listening, is that, you know, just remember that, you know, he may be gone physically, but spiritually he's never gone. Like, he's in you. Like, when you look at yourself, you look at your children, you look at your siblings, you look at your, you know, any family member, just know that he's there. He's in them. You know what I mean? And the core values that you have today is because of him. Um, so... Yeah, and like you said, right, meeting him, I've always said this, and I've said that to him, and I've said it to the family, just that it's something I've always admired of how, you know, in terms of a core, how close and tight-knit the family where they are, you know what I mean, and, and what he and what he did to kind of bring that and, and, and what values he instilled in that whole family. So prayer, my prayer is out to the to the His Gary legacy Russell, is dope. Uh, His Gary legacy Russell is family. dope. Yeah, the legacy is intact. It's amazing, It's just man. a matter of, like I said, managing and coping every day. Definitely, man, definitely. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, like I mentioned about Empire Media, um, Empire Media hosts multiple DMV uh, sports podcast shows, such as the such as the John Kime Report, hosted by ESPN Washington Commanders Insider John Kime, and Jones Football, hosted by USA Today Insider Mike Jones. And you can subscribe to our podcast on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and Google Podcasts. Just search the Urban Sports Scene. Make sure you subscribe to the Urban Sports Scene YouTube channel as well. The YouTube channel is dope, by the way, with the HBCU interviews, the recent boxing interviews. Folks need to subscribe just because it's it's amazing content, not because we need the the, the clout. (laughs) I just talked about. (laughs) But also, check out the Urban Sports Scene on Podcast DC, the local app with hundreds of options in local news and health in the DMV region. Download the Podcast DC app to hear all of the Empire shows, as well as other great content. Of course, don't forget to follow the Urban Sports Scene on IG, just hit us up at Urban Sports Scene. That's also the same on Twitter at Urban Sports Scene. And also check out the Urban Sports Scene Facebook page and join the Urban Sports Scene Facebook group. Search Urban Sports Scene Sports Bloggers, Sports Podcasts, and Sports Debates. All right, man, let's get into our tradition, the pregame. Here's what we have on tap. We'll talk about the Washington Commanders possibly moving to Virginia <laughs> and Snyder possibly being voted out by the NFL. At 820, we'll talk about the NBA playoffs, Eastern Conference Finals, and the Western Conference Finals um, at 8.35 in our segment, HBCU Corner. We have a pre-taped interview with South Carolina State football coach Oliver Buddy Pugh. And finally, we have an interview with super lightweight boxer and PG County's own Greg Sharpshooter Outlaw. He is part of the Beltway Battles Brown 2 boxing event, which takes place Saturday, May 28th. All right, Ray mentioned a little bit, but first... It was reported that the Washington Commanders paid more than $100 million for land in Woodbridge, Virginia, possibly the next <laughs> step in building a new stadium as well as numerous retail shops, restaurants, and apartments. It's about 200 acres of land. Is this a good look for Washington? And I, and I want to also state that there is also has some, there's been a report stated that it's to put a claim. They haven't actually bought the actual Of course, land. of so, course. All right, put that out there. All right. So there's a difference between making revenue or, or gaining revenue, if I'm saying that right, and actually pleasing your fan base. Because is it going to bring fans back? Fans is the key word. That, that's one of the biggest questions. Is a move 
of a prospective move such as this going to bring the fans back now retail shops a new building people go to the chase center for example in san francisco with a san, san francisco with a Golden State Warriors play just yeah. because it's like a dope building. It yeah. has so many attractions. So m- the money will probably come. And in Virginia, we already know how affluent it is. Prince William County, Fairfax County, these are some of the richest counties in the world. Loudoun County. The issue is the core fan base, I feel like, is here closer to the District of Columbia. Yes. And I feel like you're going to lose another percentage of the fan base that you cannot afford. Now, you still make money, but... It's not about that. Right now, this is one of the most miserable fan bases. This is one of the most <laughs> abysmal franchises, even though the net worth of the franchise is still there. Yeah. It's still worth a lot. Uh-huh. So that's my biggest concern is, are you are you going to be pleased with this as a Washington commander, Redskin fan? I'm going to say no. So in my eyes right now, it's not a good look. And also, stadiums are so much more than what people make of them today. When we were younger, you would grow up watching, let's just say, the NBA playoffs. Yeah. Market Square Arena. Whose arena was that? Indiana Pacers. Indiana Pacers. The, Pacers. the Mad- Madison Square Garden, of course. The Knicks. Right. The Boston Garden. Chicago. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, Chicago Stadium. Yeah. What was oh, it? Yeah. Chicago Stadium. Yeah. That's what it's called. Uh-huh. <laughs> these yeah. these are these arenas were amazing. Football. Lambeau Field. You know you know what it is. Yeah. Um, Soldier Field. Soldier Field. Chicago. RFK Stadium was in that discussion. Yeah. It's wild how things are changing. It, it didn't have to be the nicest place. It did not have to have bars around the stadium. <laughs> but you knew what you were getting when you walked up RFK. You knew the mm-hmm. capital punishment, the defense, yeah. the burgundy and gold was represented. It didn't matter about none of this other stuff. Mm-hmm. So I feel like the NFL, because of money and the Washington Commanders and everybody else, is losing this, losing sight and losing the vision of what important. it is. Important. Like I said, my bad. I told you I was going to rant. No, you're good. That was actually, <laughs> no, I'm not done yet. Keep going, <laughs> going, bro. No, no, no. No, go I actually need to keep going so I can oh. find something positive. <laughs> Okay, so also, I, I want to tweeted all this stuff. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to look. I want to up. address our Virginia friends. Uh-huh. I love some of y'all's podcasts, and I'm not a person that gets overly emotional about sports. It's just sports. Uh-huh. It, it, this is what we do. Yeah. It's, it's good to talk, good to debate. However, it's the Washington Commanders. I hate that name, but it's the Washington <laughs> Commanders. It is Washington, meaning Washington D.C. Yeah. So the team, which was. Playing in D.C. for years and then playing right outside D.C., of course, uh-huh. this is where you're supposed to be located. So now I don't get the celebratory mood like, oh, yeah, now we're not going to have to drive and be in traffic. Dude, yeah. you're supposed to because you're driving to see the Washington commanders in the Washington, D.C. and surrounding area. I don't like the PG County location either. I'm not going to yeah. lie. But yeah. what I'm saying is RFK, I never heard nobody from Northern Virginia. I've known people from there all my life uh-huh. complain about the traffic. It's just when they started to suck. And yeah. then the... Negative stuff just came out. The tailgating experience wasn't good. That's when people started to really complain about it. The tailgating experience was much better. Okay, why? Because the parking lot was better. Yes. P- period. Mm-hmm. No, so I'm with you. Like, my thing, and to you, I think we said this before recording. I think you said it perfectly. <laughs> about, because this is, this, is this is what, you know, Virginia, the, the Virginia fans are stating. That it's in Maryland. But like what you stated, and we just talked prior and even here, right? And we both we both can say that yo, this is a it's in a messed up situation. Like this stadium shouldn't be. <laughs> but but on the flip side, but on, on that on that same argument though, when you make a couple turns, yep. it don't take that long. And I'm telling you this, Virginia folks who don't know because y'all don't come, y'all not from this area. Maybe two turns and you're in the city. Literally, all you gotta take one road and you're already in DC. So legitimate, like even that stadium that you do not like, it's about five minutes away from the city. Literally about five minutes, five, five ten, like like about five. If ten. you if you take Central Avenue, if you take Central Avenue, you're like five. There you, you go. know what I mean? Where you wanted at ain't nowhere near the city. 
ain't nowhere. So you're basically the Virginia Commanders. No, not, but like Ray said, the team is called the Washington Commanders. I'm not, not, I'm, again, I get you're all diehard fans. I don't even care, to be honest with you, because I don't go to games, so I don't, I don't even care. Like, to be real with you, they go to Virginia, it is what it is. It'll happen. People will still go. People will still go to the Washington games if they win. If they lose, like Ray said, my first. If they lose, it's gonna be even worse. It's gonna be terribly worse. All right. So if it's the same product that we see here at FedEx, it's gonna be even worse. It's gonna be even worse. So again, like I get, like I know obviously this is you feel like it's your turn. A lot of Virginia fans is like your turn. You like let these other folks travel. I think I've heard that same that same whole thought that same whole talk like. We've been traveling three some <laughs> three some three hours or whatever. Now it's your turn, and it, it, that's like I don't even know how to explain it. That's like all right, dude. Like what's the Salisbury? It's like the the Marvel Shorebirds or whatever. Like I, I'm not even go that hard. Go. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna say that's like the White House saying, okay, we're gonna move to Northern Virginia or Southern Virginia, and like oh yes, now we don't have to travel to DC to visit the White House. No, that's where it's supposed <laughs> to be. That makes no sense to me. It really doesn't. Like I said, I get it. I'm not going to sit here and lie. It's just like I used to tease you. We'll go interview Gary Russell. Yeah. Like, man, I'm, I'm glad I'm so close to home now. Yeah. I got to come all the way from blah, 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 blah. Yeah. That, that, is, that is a dope That's a dope blessing when you don't have to drive as far. Yeah, that's I'm not going to lie. But just say it like that. Don't say now it's y'all trying as if we did something wrong. Yeah. No, they're the Washington Commanders where they play right near where we live because that's where they're supposed to play. Yeah, that's yeah. all I'm saying. Um, and I'm, I'm sure you're going to have an argument for that. And I'm not, I'm not going to even entertain it. Oh, I'm not either. I haven't entertained any of the arguments not, for you can you can tweet the show that'd be that'd be cool yeah, but I'm dope. not I won't respond we'll read your tweet I'll read the tweet but <laughs> I'm, I'm not, not gonna argue I'm not arguing that I don't have any I don't have the time nor effort or the energy now I get it though most people for the from from what I've seen are saying I drive this far for this BS experience yeah. the team sucks the surrounding area sucks that has nothing to do with what we're talking about not so. At all. If you can distinguish, distinguish those, I think we'll be just fine, fam. Real talk. Yeah, for real. On IG, the homie Wood said, a good product on the field succeeds all the all this other fan complaining. Fans want wanted their way on a million details. Stadium location, eh, but on the on the heels of the, of the new name, I understand the sentiment, uh, the sensitivity. Dude, it's all about winning. It is. Now, Seriously. I know I know that sometimes the product on the field helps. Like, if you know your team is playing hard, there's some talent on the field, you're going to support your, your team. Mm-hmm. So winning isn't necessarily the 100% answer to the problem, but it's the it's the biggest solution. And here's why. If you look at the Rams, the Rams moved from St. Louis back to L.A., right? Yeah. Because in St. Louis, they start to they start to, the, to lose support. The support started to wane. Yeah. But now, SoFi Stadium, you're winning. It's the dopest experience in America because you have the Super Bowl champs who, at one point, pre-greatest show on turf, and then even after that, the Rams had some bad years, just like Washington had some down years. But, look, they're winning games. They got a good quarterback. This this franchise has not had a good starting, stable franchise quarterback since we've been alive. They've been losing. They st- I mean, since they've been alive. So they're, they're, oh, since we've been alive? Since you and I have been alive. We both were born in the same year, 1981. Stable, how long? I mean, Mark doesn't count. He's not no, a he, no. All these years, they have not had a consistent... Stable. You mean like they, they, how many years? It hasn't been like an Elway. Okay, 
Phil Sims. You can you go to yeah. every go to every other team. Randall Cunningham, Phil Sims. You can name them. Aikman. Every other team in the division has had quarterbacks who have been longer tenured than this franchise. Well, that's the now, thing with Joe Gibbs. But he because Joe, Joe Gibbs won without, without it, yeah. it didn't matter. No, no. you at RFK every day week without the bar, without the bars on the on the outside. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, but you have greatness as a coach. That's different. You don't have. Phil, they don't that's have my point though. It's so coach. much bigger than just the location. That's what folks are are, are missing. Um, it's just like the name. It's like the jerseys. We're excited about what the jerseys look like. Now it's posted, Donna posted how his commander's on the back because it's about the team. Like, this is stupid. We're focusing on the wrong stuff to me. <laughs> Bro, I'm not even, I understand. You're right with that. I'm just saying the focus is so messed up right now for this franchise because we're looking for something. They're looking for hope. There you go. That's what it is. It's like Obama. They're looking for hope. <laughs> it's just, it, I, I see it all the time. Dude, I be trying to, I don't want, I don't want crush feelings, but I be like, dude, we, we've all been here before. Like that's what I'm saying. Like you're not going to full, full, you, I'm yo. The def, what's the definition of insanity, right? For real, real talk. What's the de- definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over again. Fans, you gotta stop all. doing this, bro. Like seriously, y'all slicing training camp. Y'all slicing OTA stuff. Like y'all gotta stop. Please, yeah, y'all gotta please, stop. Please yeah. learn from that. Yeah, please stop. Okay, and here's why. <laughs> One reason, it does not produce the same results on the field. It Clearly, AGG was mossing folks. In videos last summer. Yeah, he was. Moss and folks. One-handed mm-hmm. Odell Beckham type catches. Not No offense to him. I'm just saying. Yeah, It hasn't true. translated yet. We, we we have to see the product. And then on the flip side, there's some players who who dog it in training camp. Deami Brown looked um, good in, in uh, camp. Everybody kept talking about him. And then now everybody's like, oh, he's not. Mike not Sellers stuck. looked amazing in person because he was oh, a big, strong a guy. Strong dude. Mike Sellers was an in, in, in the he, season. He missed the key block. And Clint Ports got blasted. <laughs> so... <laughs> you yeah. No, no moments, I'm joking. I know, but I know, what I'm, joking, what I'm saying, I'm just saying, it does does it matter? It no, okay, my point is, I was I was there in person. Mike Sellers caught like a one hand pass out of the backfield, uh-huh. shook somebody. Was he gonna do that in the game? Nah, no, not like that. He was a traditional fullback. 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 He, he wasn't. Hey, once white man, nice little catch. He wasn't Ronnie Harmon. And, oh man, come on now. No, 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 Ronnie, Ronnie Harmon. That's my home is great. He wasn't. That's he like was. A, he wasn't Reggie Bush. That's all I'm saying. Man, Reggie Bush. Man. Reggie Bush catch out the backfield. So so. Uh, Mike Sellers was right too. Darren Sproles catch out the backfield. Oh, that's dynamic running. That's different though. I'm just saying he wasn't that guy. But yeah, he wasn't that guy. Dude, I get you saying. Dude, okay, okay. Malcolm Kelly. Can I go on? There's some people that have shined in. He got in hurt mini though. Camp. Malcolm was just about injury. But you're right though. I he did get hurt. I'm just saying. No, there's a lot. Tem- temporary talk, expectations. There's a lot. Yeah, I agree with you, dude. I'm going off topic, though. I apologize. No, we, we both are going off topic. That's not you. <laughs> I, I, I think I started it, actually, with the whole camp thing, because I get annoyed by it. You, look but, you said people looking for hope, yeah, exactly. and this is just part of yeah, it. Yeah, it's part of it. All right, but on, on uh, Facebook, the homie George did post about the same, about the same topic that we're talking about. It's an, it's an awful idea. Changing the name is one thing. Moving the team to one end of the mixing bowl will rip the heart and soul out of the Thank franchise. you. That's what I'm saying. You're and gonna George lose is your, from Virginia. Exactly. You're going to lose your core. George you're is a Virginia to, dude. You're going to lose your core, my friend. Yeah, That's you know. the biggest problem. And there, there's a lot of comparisons, I'm sure, because there are teams who are, like, for example, New York Giants, who they play in Jersey. But again, look at proximity. So look at location. Look at the success, the recent oh, success oh, of the franchise. It's a lot. It's popping. All right. On uh, Facebook, again. Dwight Golson says, another terrible idea on the long list <laughs> of terrible go. Snyder ideas. <laughs> it won't be the last terrible thing okay. he comes up with. Wole, <laughs> the proposed capacity is what? 60,000. 60,000. That's another Bru- like funny you, part of You're it. moving a team to, to <laughs> no disrespect, all the way deep in Virginia. Not even Alexandria. Deep in Virginia for 60,000. Like, are we doing this? 
And just because they're gonna open, they're gonna build some malls and like a shop, some restaurants right nearby. Like that really is gonna change the whole man. If y'all don't stop, it's not like it's like you said. It's not like it's RFK. Like don't no no man no. I get again. I get this. Everybody has a little selfishness in, in them. You know what I'm saying? So I understand. I understand. It, you know, if you want that team near you, you don't have to travel as much as far. I get it. You're in traffic. I understand. But like Ray said, it's called the Washington Command. They're called the Washington Commanders. And you have Prince George's County is literally the borderline of D.C. You know what I mean? You can have it in D.C. It's the borderline of D.C. That's all I'm saying. And it's not a, this, this, now this is debatable. But, but they can't move the squad from This is debatable, but it's not debatable. That Virginia traffic is far worse than the traffic that we have here. <laughs> I mean, far worse. Take a ride through Potomac Mills and head down toward Fredericksburg. Oh my gosh, it's horrible. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the worst experience you can have if you're coming back from a vacation. Let's just say if you happen to drive to Florida. Sometimes yeah. people do that. I've done it before. I have to. I've drove to Florida. Dude, or, or Carolina or Georgia, yeah, wherever. Yeah, whatever. On the, me and you, we, we drove together from Atlanta. Yeah, exactly. Where do we get stuck? Virginia. Virginia. <laughs> it's not till you get Virginia. You get stuck <laughs> in the same spot. And then don't let it rain. Oh. Then, then you're really not going you're anywhere. You're not going nowhere. And then you got, you got state troopers who love to give tickets. You don't even need cameras out there because the ticket revenue is already the highest in the nation without that. Virginia is a bad idea. Dan Snyder, I don't know what the world is going on there. Jason Wright maybe doesn't have as much pull as people think of power, but not a good idea. Real quick before we go to break, Snyder. There, there yeah. was a report out there, Snyder. Um, this is, is out there that the NFL owners are vote are discussing voting out Daniel Snyder. Do you think that's going to happen? Listen, it's the next step. It's another step in mm-hmm. toward that direction. I predicted at the end of last year, 2021, that mm-hmm. by the time December 2022 came around, Dan Snyder would no longer be the owner of the, of the Washington Commanders. It's going to be a difficult task to get him out. But when your colleagues and your peers are starting to turn on you, yeah. that's when you have a... <laughs> well, there's truth. It, it, we all, like, to me, when something report, when is reported, there's truth out there, right? So something's happening. Oh, it's... Because it's, I know the NFL, just, they just, I just got an uh, It's alert. grinding. I had an alert that just stated that, oh, it's the turning. NFL said that it's not happening. That's what an alert oh, said. Somebody course. came out and said it's not... Of course. This is not true or something, but that doesn't... He is he is right on, on the cliff. I think he's close. He's, he's right on close. the cliff, I mean, and all it's going to take is one, one more, more little one more, nudge, one and more. he's going to fall. And uh, we'll see who wants to invest into this franchise. I'm sure it's going to be a high commodity oh, it's a lot, because man. it's worth a lot. But also that they, that plays a part too. Like who's and it's like six years away from even this team moving. I don't even know why everybody's on the uproar. To be honest with you, but even that though, what play what um like how would you, why would you like have that team go there if you don't even know what the, what's the owner situation the owner situation is going to be? You know what I'm saying? Mm. That's a whole different thing too. Like you don't know the situation, so how do you can, how can you commit to that? That's a interesting question, you know and it saying? sucks because again, for fans that are looking for what you said, hope that's not another question that you want to add to a list of a myriad of, <laughs> of concerns and inquiries that people have about the future of this franchise when this franchise remains beloved. Like folks who I see it all the time, I'm done with them, and then they wrote, they write back like I can't be done with them because it's it's the Washington you franchise. Can't be done with them. It's the, the Redskins. Growing up here, I wasn't a fan, but. You had to acknowledge the greatness that it was. Yeah, you had to. So, no, I'm with you, bro. bro. Like, it's... That's what I'm saying. It falls into a line of greatness. You know when, when people are great, when franchises are great, they get hated on at yeah. times. But 
to me, Washington won't even one of those. You, Joe Gibbs was just a likable dude. This the the franchise, the way they played the game. They played for running ball. right down, right, strong, running right yeah. down your throat. Play strong defense. Yeah. No, no stars like Gary Williams, Maryland team. Yeah, no, no, no star Americans. Yeah, just, just hoop. I mean, yeah. they just hooped. Yep, they play hard and hoop. So we need that feeling back, that feel good Washington franchise back. Yeah, it's like that worker, that workers mentality. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. For real, real talk. All right, man, we're gonna talk about the NBA playoffs after the break. You're listening to the Urban Sports Saying for ages. Yeah, dig a deuces. Hello, new world, all the boys and girls. I got some true stories to tell. You're back outside, but they still lie. Whoa, yeah. Take off the fufu, take off the cloud chase, take off the Wi Fi, take off the money phone, take off the car loan, take off the flex and the white loss. Take off the weird ass jewelry, I'ma take 10 steps, then I'm taking off top off. Take off some fabricated streams and the microwave memes, it's a real world outside. Take off the idols, take off the runway, take off the Cairo. Take off the Sandro, pay five days, day, take off for the meal, and the value. Take off the fun flare, take off perception, take off the cop with the hot cash. Take off the unload, take off the unsure, take off the decisions I had. Take off the fake deep, take off the fake woke, take off the I'm broke, I care. Take off the gossip, take off the new logic, they're the farm rich, I'm real. Take off the shrimp nail, take off the doje, take off the Birkin bag. Take all the designer boy, off and what do you have? You out of pocket Two ATMs and you step on the wet You out of pocket Who you think they talk about? Talk about us You out of pocket Who you think they call y'all? Call y'all The world in a panic, the women is stranded The men on the run, the profits abandoned The law take advantage, the market is crashing The industry wants to sleep in the box While they making the mockery following us This ain't monopoly, watch it for love This ain't monogamy, y'all get it Welcome back to the Urban Sports Scene with Woe Lay and myself, Ray. Will T is out. We are part of Empire Media, EmpireMedia.com. Tonight, the Golden State Warriors have a chance to pull out the brooms and make it back to yet another NBA Finals with a win over the Dallas Mavericks. The Warriors, of course, up three games to zero in the Western Conference Finals. Woe Lay, do you think it's over and do you think the Warriors got lucky with the path that has been given to them this time? Yes and yes. <laughs> um, I do. I, I think that the series is over. Uh, you're going against. You know, Luca's been great, but it's all they've had. All they have is in terms of a star of a star is Luca. So this Warrior team is. There's so many different elements to this squad. You know, you got you got Clay. You got Steph. You got Andrew Wiggins. You know what I mean? You know, Draymond plays his role. You got pull off the. You got pull off the bench. There's so many elements that will give this that are that are giving this. Um, Dallas Maverick team problems, and they don't have enough firepower to contend with this team. Jason Kidd has done a great job coaching it, but in terms of their, their talent, their skill set on their team, you got to wait. Luca has to do so much to, for them to get over the, you know, get over the hump. Um, and because the Suns didn't play up to their ability in that game seven, had played their probably their worst game of the series in game seven, you know, the Golden State Warriors are taking advantage of it. I'm being real, like cause <laughs> well, I think this because it won, it would have. Phoenix would have had home court advantage, so it'd been a little bit harder for Golden State to kind of like just walk through them. Um, it would have been, and you know, Stephen. Um, it's a different matchup with that switch with Stephen and Chris Paul because Luca's a mismatch. Luca, Luca's a problem. Like you know, you could have missed that switch with Luca, and you know, Luca six eight, roughly like six eight, six nine. You get that switch with you know Chris Paul and Luca. They took advantage of it, but this is this will be a different switch, and and it's and it's going to be a lot of more a lot more history because we've seen the history history that Stephen 
um, Chris Paul have, have had in the past. I know a lot of people say that well, Steph gives Chris Paul a business or whatever, but you know, a healthy a healthy Chris Paul is giving Steph some work too as well. So I think I just think that that series would have been way more competitive if we got to see a Phoenix Suns versus Golden State Warriors series. I want to give an analogy real quick. We were just talking football. You know, I'm an Atlanta Falcons fan. I remember getting all these calls like the Atlanta Falcons ruined the Minnesota Vikings' chance to be one of the greatest teams of all time because they upset the Vikings and then go on to yeah. just lay an egg against the Denver Broncos. And in this case, the Dallas Mavericks are essentially doing the same thing. And I will say this. I don't like to necessarily use the term lucky, but I'm going to use the word fortunate. Fortunate, yeah. And you're fortunate that John Morant got hurt. Hey, yes. That was the biggest one. Not because I don't believe Golden State was going to win. I picked Golden State to win yeah. in seven. However, they would have been pushed a little bit harder in that yeah. series, and they got fortunate. Even Dylan Brooks, that whole thing was messed up, yes. the way it all went down. Because right now, the NBA is so sensitive. Like so many posted that day, GP, uh, I met him yeah. here in Washington. No disrespect to him. He got he was injured, and it was a, a tough foul. Yeah. But the old heads came out and said, Bill Beard, Dennis Rodman, Vinnie Johnson, the whole <laughs> bad boy Pistons team should have yeah. been suspended. Also, Larry Bird's Celtics teams, they all played this brand yeah. of basketball in the playoffs. Yeah. So now we got social media, everybody's sensitive, so the NBA had to take action. But it totally changed, in my opinion, the, the momentum, sorry, Will, of the series because <laughs> now you have a situation where a team is not a full strength. But I know GP's are out. He's hurt. He's out. Yeah. So I feel like back as going far as back then, the Golden State Warriors are fortunate yeah. to have had the run that they've had. Although you still have to beat who's in front of you. You still have to get role wins. The streak that they have for role playoff wins is amazing. Yeah. Just like people complain about LeBron and – how he didn't win a lot of the finals that he was in, but he went to 10 straight. You know how hard that is. I'm yeah. watching the Boston Celtics and the Miami Heat. Their bodies are breaking down because it's so hard to make these long playoff runs. The Golden State Warriors broke down at the end of a five-year run. So to see the Golden State Warriors continue this awesome play after so many years and what they've dominated, even though they had a couple down seasons, is still impressive. So on on, uh, on Instagram, at, you know, at, at, at Urban Sports saying, uh, the homie Wood, the homie, the homie Wood said Dallas probably gets out of the way. Styles make fights. Dubs versus Suns may have been worse on CP3's legacy, so he he should be good with going out as, <laughs> as a smaller wow. storyline story underneath the emergence of Luca. The media ran with. Uh, I think I don't. I think again. I think that I actually think Chris Paul would probably look better. In terms of legacy against Steph and the Golden State Warriors, than what he looked, how he looked against Luca. He plays more motivated against, against Steph, Steph. I think. Agreed. There's a passion. There is, a, and also there is a thing, just like for real, like teams play up when they see LeBron James. You play harder when you play against LeBron, right? right? The same thing goes with Steph. When you're playing against Steph, you're trying, especially if you're a point guard, you're trying to go at Steph. He's now at that level where you're trying to go at Steph. John Morant was trying to go at Steph when he got the opportunity. Like, if you're a point guard at that level, you're trying to go at Steph. And because he's that, he's now he's that figure right now. So, I, like you said, I think Chris Paul is a, is a competitor. He's a he's an all time great competitor. It raises everyone's level. Of play. Yeah, exactly. And Devin Booker is the more key. That too, and it's a dog. The more yeah. key player in that yeah. in that yeah. equation for me because yeah. he's striving to be someone who yes. likes Steph and Clay. So. He he's even I think his rookie season he competed against them in the three point challenge yeah, yeah. and he showed out so, yeah. came close to winning so it would have raised everybody's level of play. Chris Paul was the reason why Phoenix did not do well in that seventh game. Like his body language, his play as the leader of that team, I believe it impacted the entire chemistry and energy. And then it was a trickle down effect because 
you had DeAndre Ayton who until of course that series he wasn't happy but it didn't matter because they were winning yeah. they were number one number one seed and of course they advanced but once adversity strikes then again it's almost like that trickle down effect and that's what happened to Phoenix but nonetheless it doesn't matter because this opponent that is the Dallas Mavericks with a star in the making on their, on their team yeah. they're still not an easy W not at all and Golden State just had to climb back in some games to win and again road victories are never simple in the playoffs so still it's still impressive, but they were fortunate to have some. I think they were fortunate. They were fortunate I, to fortunate. have some stuff happen. They're fortunate. I'm sorry, like we, because know what? And it may not be mentioned, but it's Jamal it's, Murray. Jamal Murray. We, we go always back. Dude, like, Michael Porter Jr. is a lot. Yeah, a lot. A lot, lot that happened for them. Yeah, and to be real with you, if it was another player, folks would, would, would mention it more. You know what I mean? Like the Joker, they beat the Joker, but the Joker, the MVP, was basically by himself. Uh, Luca is by himself. Um, you got the Memphis Grizzlies without John Morant. You know what I mean? Like arguably, and and if you could tell, and I, you know, a lot of people, were, a lot of people have stated that well, the, the Grizzlies are better without John. I was like, stop, stop. I was like, have you seen this? Have you seen? Did you? If you watch the game, and if you know, if you seen John throughout the whole year, in the fourth quarter, John gets buckets and he gets busy in the fourth. Oh, he and closes. He, he closes. He closes. If you watch the games where they had big leads and they and they squandered it, or down the stretch when games were tight and they had nowhere to go, they had tried to go to Brooks, who isn't really a prolific scorer. If he's streaky, but not a prolific scorer, they were going to him. Nah, who do you go? If Ja is healthy, you're going to Ja. And if you're looking at track record, Ja clutch. Ja ain't just good. Ja clutch down the stretch. So they got it. They got off easy not having Ja. Like to be real, and then mentioning in this situation, you didn't get the chance to see, uh, you ain't seeing CP3 and Devin Booker and De- and Aiton. It's a better, I don't care what you tell them, just no basketball. It's a better matchup. It just is. It's a better matchup. Like I said, they were fortunate. Yeah. I'm going to leave it at that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I know we got to talk Miami and, and Boston. Yeah, it's true. All right, you're li- right, listening to the Urban Sports <laughs> Scene, uh, part of Empire Media at AmpireMedia.com. Thank you, Ray Jeezy. All Sorry, right, bro. in the Eastern Conference Finals, the Boston Celtics and the Miami Heat are tied 2-2. Game 5 is tomorrow night. What have what's what's been your thought? Wait, what's, what are your thoughts on the series, and who do you have winning the pivotal Game 5? Man, I think this is where Boston changes the tide of the series right here. Regardless of if they were to lose this game five, I still like them to win the series. I just feel like they're on a mission. And they are well coached and they're scrappy and they play defense and they have the veteran leadership needed to make that longer run. Jimmy Butler, I applaud his efforts. I love who he's become as a player and a leader, although I know people don't like sometimes the way he ruffles feathers. But here's what you can't deny about him. Everywhere he goes, he wins. Yeah. Every way he goes, he wins. He wins. He's, a good, he's a good regular season winner. That going, Joel Embiid still can't get over him leaving. Yeah. The Timberwolves had that. Now, think about this. You always talk about how, look at LeBron, the franchise, how he leaves. Look at Jimmy, how he leaves. Folks don't necessarily, they're it's not the gonna, same either. It's, 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 they, it's not apples to apples with LeBron. Come on, it's LeBron James. But I'm just saying, <laughs> for, for Jimmy Butler to, to be a relatively unknown coming out of uh, yeah, Marquette yeah. and then to just elevate his game, to earn minutes in Chicago and to make them a, a a competitive squad against the LeBron James led Miami Heat, and then to go to other franchises and turn them around, turn Miami around. Um, for real, for real, if it wasn't for Kawhi signing with the Raptors, what would have happened, man? You never know. So I just feel as though what he's done is a. I mean, he led him to a finals, uh, and I get the bubble. Everybody has the issues, but it was all the same no, no, no. circumstances. No, 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 no. I'm, so I'm not mad at the bubble. What, what, no, he, what, no, he, no. what he's done is great. Now, could he work on, of course, his leadership style? Yes. 
Absolutely. And does he maybe need to remember who he was and where he came from? I would agree with that. But I'm just saying what he's done is impressive. But with the injuries to Kyle Lowry and yeah. also, of course, yeah, they got some injuries though, yeah. to dang, Tyler Hero, yeah, you're, you're going to have a difficult time beating a, a complete team that is well coached and playing as a unit. Jason Tatum is on a mission, too. He was saying the reason why, of course, the more talented team with Morris and, and Kyrie and Terry Rozier could not win is because they were all for self. This team is all about each other and it don't matter if I have the best numbers if we win and we play D that's all that matters I'm glad he's, he's had that thought process he had to get that yeah like, he, didn't have it. He, had to, he didn't have yep. it and you could tell he was, he was trying to you know get he, wanted his to stats off. he wanted to be the guy and this is why Boston's playing good basketball I agree with you Ray I think I think Boston's on a mission and I think game five you're going to see them playing hard you know and Miami but the good thing about this series is that you got both teams have a, a similar mentality they're a grit they're a grit hard team you know what I'm saying like and they're both coached well you mentioned Boston being coached well. Well, you know, Miami got probably the arguably the best coach in the game right now in, in, in Eric Spoke. So you got and they play a style where, yeah, we give grip. Jimmy Bucket Butler has has definitely led this franchise. Not taking no, I ain't no shade on Jimmy Butler. But the, the cool thing about this franchise is Jimmy don't gotta be the one to perform on a night, on a given night. They got Tyler Hero, they got Bam. They 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 got other dudes that they go to, you know what I'm saying, if Jimmy ain't even vibing it, and they can still be effective. They've done this. Um um Eric Spo, Coach Spolstra, has developed a, a team and a unit where he has given instilled confidence in almost everybody on that roster to make plays. So that team is is a team. You know what I'm saying? You got Victor Oladipo, who a lot of folks, you've seen him um, before a couple seasons ago with Indiana. While he was in Indiana, he didn't look like the same Victor Oladipo. You know what I'm saying? He don't hate the same Victor Oladipo, but he's effective. You know what I'm saying? He again, Spolstra, whatever, whatever how he's done it, he's in, he's infected or infl- he has put in confidence in Victor Oladipo, offensively and defensively. So I just think that Miami as a, a unit ain't gonna be an easy out. But to your back to your point, I think Boston is on that mission. You got you got Marcus Smart to me that's playing more team ball. You got Jalen Brown and 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 um Tatum are playing more. Co- cohesive basketball they've been cool like they've always been cool but like you said they've been together though there's like nobody's worried about to get in the shine it's about ayo who gonna make the best play Al Horford a couple nights ago against the Greek, the Greek freak in the postseason had like 29 had like 29 you know what I'm saying if it was a couple years ago when we were talking about they weren't Al Horford when we getting those touches so I think that this team is definitely on it they trying to do something I think game five they take it because they just they got they in that zone right now I would agree about Eric Spoelstra. I think he's the hardest working coach. And also, we talk about Jimmy Butler's impact on franchises. P.J. Tucker arguably is yeah, having too. the same impact yeah, yeah. defensively and just the, the leadership that he brings. So I agree with you. It's a tight, tight series, evenly contested. Mm-hmm. Again, two very good teams. Emphasize the word teams. It's not about individuals. It's about how they play as units. And it's going to be a chess match. Tatum is emerging. Jimmy Butler is probably where he's going to be at in terms of his star power at this point. So Jason Tatum... If he continues to close uh, consistently, like he did against Washington, <laughs> but it's Washington, then and he and he's grown, which is just oh, insane. It's, 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 uh, because I, I looked at him standing next to KD in the, in the first round. I'm like, dang, he yeah. looks like he might be growing. a little taller than KD. Yeah, he's getting there, bro. And so so it's, it's crazy that he continues to just get better. He, he works on his body. You got to love it. Uh-huh. He wants to be great, and he acknowledges the mistakes he made. Shout out to JJ Redick, who had Jason Tatum as a guest on the podcast a couple months back. Oh, yeah, well, yeah. And he put it all out there. About how he struggled and it ruffled feathers, and everybody on that team had their own agenda. And we've heard about that on other teams, the Georgetown yeah. Hoyer team, 
We had Austin Freeman on the show. What did he say? He said we all had Arnold Jennings. Oh yeah, that yeah, yeah, you're right. If you you can have all the talent in the world, you have all the talent in the world, man. You got your own agenda, and and it's about the individual. It will never work. So that's why we're seeing them them shine. And I feel bad because Adoka's getting the credit, but dude, they've been well coached way before the Stevens was an excellent. Oh man, Brasty, I I think Brasty, and he's the architect of this. Exactly, I think he gets his credit right there. I think he's shown he's already shown you that. You know what? Shout out to Eric Spoelstra. He he changed your opinion about him. Oh, he did, man. Shout out to him, man. Real talk. Cause I he, worked, he worked so hard. I used to drag that dude. He worked so hard just to get where he was. Yeah, I used to I drag that Get dude. where he is yeah. as a head coach. But even prior to that, he's somebody who doesn't sleep. He's, he eats and oh, sleeps man. basketball. It's all about ball. It's all about ball. Um, on our Facebook page, the homie uh, Cornelius uh, Galt said uh, he posted, these lopsided games are irritating. It makes, all, it makes all seem scammy. How the F does Miami lose by 30 without – the Celtics having the the primary player that's weirdest AF. How does Bam go go so easily? These series all need to be best of three because then it'll it it be. I mean, it put some some sense of urgency in these Bama's main. I can't argue with that. Main that that is. It's hard to watch when people are getting blown out by yeah. thirty, and you know they're not going to come back. It's, it sucks. It sucks. I, I, I didn't wa- I didn't watch the second half. I'm not going to lie. Not at all. So. From a viewership standpoint, from a fan standpoint, but look at the look at the TD Garden. <laughs> it is rocking. The fans are yeah. enjoying every bit of it when there's a blowout. So it still works for the fan bases. Uh, of course, the casual fan, also the hardcore NBA fan who knows basketball. It, it is a terrible brand of basketball to watch when there's just a one-sided, lopsided victory. That's why I prefer NCAA. I love March Madness it better. I'm going to keep saying it. It always comes back to it. It always comes. Hey, That's first. when you can watch Shaheen Holloway coached. I don't even know the name of the school right now. but He's somewhere else now. No, I know. He went yeah. back to Seton Hall. But yeah. I'm saying, I don't know. Who was he coaching in, in this past his tournament? You don't even know. Right? It's like a weird-ass weird name. But, but it was a Catholic school. But they, but they advanced. I'm sorry I don't know it. But they advanced. Oh, I'm not going to so, what, Did they make the Elite Eight? I think they made, they made the Elite Eight. They got far. They got super far, bro. This is hilarious. All you, right. don't, you don't see that in the NBA. Hey, actually, Do you I'm, see the Wizards when, upset, when the for, number one seed? You're looking for it, but I'm going to read a, a tweet about our Washington Commander segment. T. Living. T. Live. What's up, T. Live? St. Peter's. Great. Yeah, St. Peter's. Hey, T. Live <laughs> tweeted. It's too ignorant. Uh, oh, boy. Say, why are we not coming to the games? Can't sing hail to the Redskins. Snyder not trying to win. Just sell tick. Just sell ticks. Team personnel decisions stink. The, the dumbass name. Just a few reasons why. <laughs> yeah, he he's he's real with it. Yeah, man. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah, that's all. That's all I'm gonna say. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Hey, I'll read this fuck taking us to break. As part of our <laughs> HBCU oh. quarter segment, we'll play our interview with South Carolina State football coach Oliver Buddy Pugh after the break. You're listening to the Urban Sports saying for ages. You dig deuces. I come from a generation of home invasions, and I got daddy issues, that's on me. 
Everything the four was that taught me may have is buried deep. They men knew a lot, but not enough to keep me past them streets. My life is a plot, twisted from directions that I can't see. Daddy issues all across my head. Tony the foul on Terry Yard. Wanna throw my hands? I won't think out loud, a foolish pride. If I lose again, won't go in the house. I stayed outside. Laughing with my friends, they don't know my life. Daddy issues made me learn losses. I don't take those well. Mama said that boy is exhausted. He said, go yourself. If he give a mound, that's gonna cost him. Life's a you could be a to step out the margin. I got a quick, I'm charging baskets and falling backwards, trying to keep balance. Oh, this the part where mental stability meets talent. Oh, this the party breaks my humility just for practice. Tactics we learn together, so it loses forever. Daddy I issues. On his fake house, practicing on day offs, tough love, bubbled up, no chase Listening to the urban sports scene with myself, Ole, and Ray Jeezy. The homie Will T is out, and we are part of Ampire Media at ampiremedia.com. All right, it's time for HBCU Corner. This segment spotlights coaches and players within HBCU athletics. Here is an interview with South Carolina State University football coach Oliver Buddy Pugh. Welcome to ADU Corner. Right now we have coach of, of the MEAC football champion, South, South Carolina State University, Oliver Buddy Pugh. South Carolina State also won the Celebration Bowl. Uh, coach Pugh is a four-time MEAC Coach of the Year winner, including co- two, uh, 2021 Coach of the Year. Coach Pugh, welcome to the urban sports scene. Well, thanks, guys, for having us. Thanks for being on. So first off, Ray and I, we all like to start off with an easy softball question. And since we we all, we both love homecomings, I want to know what's up with South Carolina State's homecoming? How would you judge it? (laughs) Well, I judge it as one of the better ones. Now, it's got something to do with who you're playing that week, too. Now, our folk here will get a little spot. We have big crowds every week, so it's not like going to Howard or Morgan. Some of those places where they don't have very big crowds, you know, from time to time. Anytime you show up here, it's a pretty good size, it's a pretty good size uh, showing. And, you know, in a case where, you know, if we're playing somebody that's kind of a, a funky kind of team, it might not be as much. But at the same time, you know, it's homecoming. It's, it's the same kind of stuff. There's all kind of festivities going on during the entire week. You know, our students got a rock and roll and good time having happening. And, uh, you know, they have a great time that way. I have to encourage, you know, our guys to maybe do a little something early in the week from that point on. You know, I try to see if I can make them understand that, you know, most of that stuff not for us. You know, it's for them. It's for the it's for the rest of the folk in the university that way. So hopefully we can get ourselves to the point where we can be ready to play on Saturday. I love it. I love it. How How is the South Carolina State marching band? It's good. Uh, uh-huh. Not we were probably the best marching band, you know, in our league there for a while. Uh, we've now uh, kind of taken a step back a little bit. Uh, our numbers aren't quite what they were back, uh, I guess, maybe five, six, seven years ago. But uh, we're getting back to that point again now. So the marching one-on-one can hold its own, you know, in most cases. Okay. So we're going to now we're going to get some some serious stuff now. Now we're going to get serious. Hold on, I didn't get a chance. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I got a whole coming question real quick. I just want to ask you, 
just want to ask Coach Pugh, what's the food like? I heard the barbecue was pretty good down at South Carolina State. Well, if you like mustard made barbecue, now we're not a, you know, a wet ketchup uh, <laughs> uh, kind of barbecue, but at the same time, and, and we're not a beef brisket, we are pork barbecue people. So. <laughs> <laughs> and we like ribs and 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 uh, and chopped barbecue, that kind of stuff, pork, pork sandwiches, that kind of stuff. So, but it's good. And uh, as barbecue goes, we do everything. You know, chicken, you know, pork chops, you know, sausages, deer sausage, <laughs> you name it. You can, you can find it all in the uh, in the tailgate areas around here. Yeah, okay. I was just close to going to South Carolina State. So <laughs> I, I got accepted to South Carolina State. Me too, I got accepted too. I was in the freshman book. But <laughs> right. It's called out-of-state fees, my brother. So yeah, exactly. That's what happened to me too. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what happened to Tell me too. about it. Tell me about it. Oh, so coach, uh, I mentioned that you won the celebration bowl, but you defeated Jackson State University 31 to 10. Uh, what was the vibe going into that game? Well, it was mostly Jackson. Uh, those guys were, you know, hot as a firecracker. They won about, you know, eight or nine ball games in a row. They just lost a game to uh to one of the directional Louisiana schools down there, maybe about game seven or eight, but they hadn't lost any other games, so they were ten and one and you know, they were really as as, as good a looking football team as I've seen in a good while uh-huh. in HBCUs. But now they also were a very uh, – uh, well, they took advantage of all of the mistakes that people were making against them. So they uh-huh. took – you know, they took the, the, to uh, uh, to a certain level, to a high level, you know, the fact that they would uh, take advantage of other people's mistakes. So we, th- we thought that if we got in there and made them earn everything they had to get as opposed to allowing them to – you know, have uh, kickoff returns and, and and interception returns and formal returns, you know, those kind of scores that, you know, that we could play with them. So, you know, it was one of those kind of deals where we got, we went in with a plan. We didn't want them to have anything and get any easy scores. And uh, we were able to accomplish that goal. That gave us an opportunity to win the football game. And it's, it's wild because I looked this up. You know, the SWAT gets a lot of attention. But when you look at the celebration, the celebration bowl, the MIAC has dominated the celebration bowl. Can you talk yeah. about that? And your team, your team has been one of the more dominant teams in the MIAC. Well, I think if you give us a couple of weeks to prepare, you know, our teams have a, you know, a tendency to uh, to really get into you with a fine tooth comb and do a nice study, you know, on on all phases of the game. And so I think that gives us a certain advantage because they tend to want to, you know, maybe have a lot of big plays and and not necessarily do things in a kind of, you know, in more of a traditional way. They want to try to you know, be flash in the pan and have a lot of big plays, that kind of stuff. If you take that kind of stuff away from them, you know, make them actually get into a detailed plan about, you know, how they compete against one of our teams. You know, I think we sometimes come out on the long end of the stick. So, Coach, I mentioned, you know, you've had such a, a big-time program in what you've done in the MEAC. Uh, you've won eight MEAC titles. What has What has been the key to your success? Well, I think just playing good, playing old hard-nosed, fundamental football, you know, having accountability in a way where our guys, you know, handle their business in a, in a, in a professional way. Uh, our teams traditionally have, uh, you know, gone on, gone in and, uh, and, and not, not been very uh, uh, giving in a way where you, you know, give up a whole lot of easy scores and, and touchdowns, that kind of stuff. Our guys, you know, pay attention to their details. And uh, we generally have, you know, great defenses. Our defense is always the lead 
dog in our pack, and you know we do a we do a nice job of not allowing you know a lot of uh, a high scoring kinds of games. So you don't see some of the kinds of scores that you see in some of the other leagues, you know, in the MAC because you know I think we are more defensive led kind of a league. Coach, so you you played there at South Carolina State. Now, of course, the coach he just uh, shares some of your credentials. What does it mean to you to have played and now be coaching at an HBCU? Describe that for us. Well, um, you know, there's always a source of pride of having been a player in this league. Uh, I still look back on some of the days when we were um, uh, playing back in the in the early seventies. Uh, coach Willie Jeffries, who was uh, my predecessor here. Uh, came in here as a, as, you know, as a hot and coming up and young whippersnapper kind of hot uh, college football coach during his day, and uh, and got us going in a way where we started tradition of winning championships here. We hadn't won a championship before he got here, and then from that point on, our tradition has been, you know, having great defenses and 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 continuously having, you know, uh, football teams that have been at the top of this league. So. Even the years that we don't win it, you know, we always around the top of the league. We always close to the top of the league. So, you know, I think that we just traditionally are going to be one of the better football teams in this league. Coach, do you want to share your thoughts on what you think the future of the league is? There's been a lot of discussion about where we're going because of just it only being how many football schools? Is it eight football schools or six football schools in the MIAC right actually now? actually on the six football it's schools six. right okay. now. Yeah, which is a little bit scary. But at the same time, because we've got the Celebration Bowl as our championship, you know, sort of prize out there, you know, I think that kind of, you know, maybe foregoes the need for having more teams. The six teams that we have, you know, we can all play each other. We got a clear-cut champion every year. You know, from that point, we can play a good – most of our teams can find games. We can play, you know, SWAC teams. We can play, you know – uh, uh, big South teams in our, in our neck of the woods, uh, uh, a Southern Conference team. So there are enough championship subdivision kind of football teams around that we can find plenty of games to play, you know, to make a schedule out. So we don't necessarily have a problem getting a schedule that way. It's just that we only got six teams for our champion. And in our particular case, I like that better because, we, first of <laughs> all, I can play who I want to play in my non-conference schedule. We can have more guaranteed games this coming year. We open up the UCF Central Florida in Orlando. Then game four, we play at South Carolina. That gives us a mm. chance to make somewhere close to a million bucks, you know, as far as the guaranteed uh, uh, allotment is concerned. Then from there, you know, we can go out and we can play A&T, you know, who's now in the uh, – well, they're in the Big South now, but they're going to the, into the CAA in another year or so. And then we can also – we also play uh, Bethune-Cookman and, and FAMU who are – you know, now in the swag. So mm-hmm. it gives us a chance to dibble and dabble, you know, around where we want to play our non-conference schedule. It gives us a chance to play some guaranteed games. We can do all the different kinds of things. Plus, we still got time to get back to our league and play a conference schedule. So as of right now, yes, I'd, I'd like for us to have another team or two, but I like having the, the uh, availability of a schedule where we can go out and play all these different kinds of teams. The season's not too far away. How's how, not too far away? Now we're getting there. How 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 are you liking your team going into the season? Well, we returned most of the team from last year, and uh, you know, anytime you return your quarterback and wide receivers, you got some some a couple of defensive linemen that we can get after pretty good. Our linebacking core, we think is solid. We we think we ought to be pretty good now. Whether or not we can, 
you know, keep everybody down on the farm, whether we can keep gas and get the big head and that kind of stuff, whether we can continue to academically, you know, do all the things we got to do to get all of our team back in place this coming fall is still to be determined. But as of right now, we had a great academic semester this past year. You know, our guys are getting ready to get back here in a little bit for summer school. We'll have almost all of our team in here for uh, uh, our summer workouts in another couple of weeks or so. From that point on, all we got to do is just continue to work hard and do things we do here to this at South Carolina State. We ought to be okay. Coach, you just you mentioned you're returning most of your most of your kids, but you're missing one big one. Got drafted in the league, DB, the Kobe Durant. He went to the LA Rams. As a coach, how proud are how proud are you? Well, I'm extremely proud of the Kobe and uh, Zafia Kelly, uh, one of our other corners, is uh, with the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, you know, we've got another couple guys. We've got about six or seven guys in the league with different teams, and everybody knows Darius Leonard and Javon Hargraves, and those kind of stuff. Joe Thomas. You know, all those guys are ex-South Carolina State players here recently. And, you know, we'll continue to have those kind of, you know, numbers in the future, I think, uh, continue to go to the NFL that way. So, uh-huh. you know, I'm proud of those guys and looking forward to being able to see them on Sundays. But awesome. you know what? When the seasons go on, I don't I don't have a favorite team. I can't root for anybody because <laughs> I can't root against one of our guys, especially when they're playing against each other. So it's a lot of fun just to watch those guys out there and remember when they were here. And hope that they can continue to be successful and eventually send some big bucks back to us at the university. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, Coach, I, I love your excitement for your ex-players. And again, you were a player back a few years ago. I'm not going to say when exactly, but you know, you still look good, of course. I want to talk a bit about how NFL players routinely would play at HBCUs in the past. So I'll be getting back to that point now because I, I see your excitement, but it used to be such a regular occurrence. And I feel like we're getting there, but we still got some ways to go. What do you think? Well, we do. But now we've got to develop those guys as opposed to just get them ready made that way. Most mm-hmm. of the guys that we have here that are NFL guys came in here as kind of, you know, mystery guys of sorts. We didn't have a clue that they were that level of guy. And uh, Darius Leonard came in here. He was a you know, six foot, maybe a little bit over six one kind of 175, 180-pound guy who left a couple of years later, you know, 6'3 and 225, 230 pounds. So, mm-hmm. you know, we've got to be good at projecting what might be down the road a piece if we can continue to find those guys and then develop them as far as their, you know, strength and conditioning, as far as their ability, as far as their fundamental understanding of the game is concerned, then that's how we get those kind of guys as opposed to just going out and finding three stars and the four stars and the five stars in the high school. And those same guys sometimes end up being better players than those five stars were coming out of high school. So, you know, that's just what I'm, what we think our mission is. That's kind of how we do things as opposed to having, you know, those guys come in here, you know, as ready-made players that way. Awesome. So you mentioned Darius Leonard. You coached him, coaching one of the top linebackers. How does that help your recruiting? And what do you tell young prospects about playing football and just furthering their football dreams at an HBCU? Well, we tell them that we've got just as much an opportunity to be a part of the league as anybody else. And uh, there's hardly never, ever a practice here that we don't have pro scouts here watching practice that way. And we practice at a time of the day where generally nobody else is practicing also. We practice at 6.30 in the morning. And uh, we go from 6.30 to about 8 in the morning. And they can come here, watch us practice, hang around the office all day, 
watch tape, and then go and watch some of the other schools in the area that afternoon, which really works out as a convenience for them that way. So we don't, we we never have, you know, an opportunity to, uh, you know, to say that our guys don't have a shot that way. So if you don't get a shot out of South Carolina State, it's not because you didn't get looked at. It's because you weren't good enough. Mm. Straight up. I know. Ain't that the truth? Hey, Coach, thanks for being on HBCU Quarter. Is there anything you would like to add? This has been a pleasure, to be honest with you. <laughs> no, I don't have anything except for the fact that I just enjoy, you know, seeing you young guys do sports talk kind of stuff. I'm a sports talk guy, so anytime I get a chance to talk to you guys, I enjoy it. Thank you so much, Coach. We appreciate it. Thanks a bunch, guys. Appreciate you. All right, you have a blessed one. All right. <laughs> Wasn't he dope, man? He's awesome, man. Coach Oliver Buddy Pugh, amazing guy. He's a legend. He's a legend in the coaching game, man. Nothing but stars he puts out there, man. One of the best linebackers in the world, Dennett. Darius Leonard for the, for, the, for the Colts. So you already know what kind of work he's doing. Hey, you can also check out this whole interview on YouTube. You know, our video, our in-depth video of this interview. Just You can um, just go to our Urban Sports Scene YouTube channel. You know, type in Coach, Coach Buddy Pugh or Coach Oliver Buddy Pugh, and uh, it should pop up. Again, it was a dope interview. We appreciate it. Having him on the show. Again, keep tuning in, man. HBCU Corner is blowing up, man. We, we got some other special guests down the road. So, again, make sure you keep checking us out. We're going to keep putting out classics. All right, we'll play our pre-tape interview with super lightweight boxer and PG's own Greg Sharpshooter Outlaw after the break. You're listening to the Urban Sports Saint for ages. Yiddig deuces. sounds like. You are listening to the urban sports scene with Wole and Ray, part of Empire Media. That's Empire Media at EmpireMedia.com. Let me introduce our guest now, who is a native of the DMV by way of Glenard, Maryland, who was an amateur boxer and posted an impressive record of 70 and 12, in addition to winning the silver gloves and junior Olympics on his way to the Olympic boxing trials. He trains out of Dream Team Boxing in Clinton, Maryland, with sparring partners that include Kobe Abridia and the upcoming Jaleel Hackett. His professional boxing record currently stands at 10 wins and one defeat with five knockouts. And our guest will be headlining Beltway Battles Round 2 on this coming Saturday, May 28th, at the Entertainment and Sports Arena in Washington, D.C. Go get your tickets. He's known as the sharpshooter. Welcome to the urban sports scene, Greg, sharpshooter outlaw. Greg, what's up, man? What's up, man? I feel like you for having me. 
Good, man. Glad to have you on, my man. You know, you from Glenard. My home, our, our homeboy is from Glenard. I should, they, they, they should know me. I got to know them. I, <laughs> a boy that his nickname Jude. He may be, oh, yeah, that's he, a long he, he, he older. He older, so you may not know him. Where, where I know. you go to high school at? <laughs> I went to, you said high school? Yeah. I went to Lago, but my zone was uh, do out on flowers, but I didn't want to get in trouble. I get it. I was going to ask you. I was going to say, because I, I went to Duval, and everybody from Glenard went to Duval. See, cool. no, see, we had a bunch of folks. I went, I went to. I went to. What Rosa year did I go there? Yeah. Oh. I graduated '99, bro. <laughs> way, way <laughs> before you. Yeah, ooh, we, we might be like Michael Hinkle. I think was there then. Maybe I don't know who was there. Was there. Might, might know some old heads, you know. Yeah. I, ooh, <laughs> I was like kindergarten. <laughs> hey, it's all good, man. We we still around, as you can see. It's good to have you. Like I said, though. So, how you feeling about this coming weekend? I'm ready. I'm excited. I'm I'm actually excited for Friday first, so I can weigh in, and then I get excited for the fight. But uh, it's gonna be back first time home in three years, so uh, I'm gonna have the people to, you know when you heard around town. I sell out a ticket, so we're gonna have the people there. It's gonna be it's gonna be a show. So who are you who are you fighting on Saturday? And also for the folks who haven't caught your caught your fights, can you explain to them or tell them what to expect? Are you gonna? It's a guy named Wilfredo. Been flipped. So he's, he got a Latin name, so I can't really say it. Uh, Me, that's why I had to try. That's why I tried to get you to say it because I couldn't say it. <laughs> you messed it up, huh? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I don't know. Something. Um, another warrior, but for you, what you expect from me is a smart boxing shop, uh, defensive, defensively sound, and um, I can punch. I'm going to show you that I can punch. And folks can get these tickets on Ticketmaster, right? And yourself, too, right? You, I'm sure you're yeah. an outlet as well. It, it benefits me. You get it from me. So, but uh-huh. you can get it from Ticketmaster or just come uh, DM me, then I uh, send you to my manager or my momager, which they call herself too. I, got to <laughs> them them get it. I love it. So, Ray, I mean, I saw that you went to Bowie State. Ray and I went to the University of Maryland Eastern Shore. We rep HBCUs, man. Oh, for you, you man. How is you know for you like how's what's the feel for you going to HBCU? How what does that mean to you going to an HBCU and be a part of an HBCU? Oh man, it's amazing. It's a beautiful thing. I I wouldn't change it for. I had like other offers because I was always been a scholar. I had other offers to go elsewhere, but I actually had to choose whether I was going to leave and go out of town for school or pursue my dreams to fight for the Olympics. So um, I chose to stay here and went to for the Olympic trials, as you said earlier. And I don't regret that I do it all over again. I met some of my my brothers. I don't call them my friends. My brothers and the HBCU experience is one of the one many. If you can experience it, do it. Especially if you stay on campus and do it. Man, I wish I could do it all over again. I swear I'd do it. <laughs> we had head coach Damon Wilson uh, for Bowie mm-hmm. State, their football team coach. And, you know, he, t- he explained to me about Bowie State's homecoming. Like, mm-hmm. how lit is Bowie State's homecoming? I ask you, Ooh. how lit is it? Man, it's a beautiful thing, man. Just Oh man, I can, I can see them, them ladies walking around there. Nah, it's fun though. It's, it's like remember listening and uh, getting back with your boys and seeing all the all the dormitories and this this being back on campus. It's like it's everybody's just like at home. It's a it's a beautiful thing and the vibe is just crazy. So for you and t- so we went back to boxing and you you're boxing in the DMV. Who are and I'm sure you study so many boxers out here in this area. Like, what is your Mount Rushmore of DMV boxes? Mm, that's 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 a hard. You put me on the spot, man. I mean, that's like, <laughs> give me your top three if you want to. You can make it. Nah, easy. I don't have none. I, I love them all. But okay. Like, 
don't want to say like nobody, and, you know what I'm saying, like uh-huh. and miss somebody and because you got to pay respect to everybody. I love them all. I mean, I, I just, they all, they all, we, we had some good area. I think the DMV area, we got some of the top, the best fighters. Uh-huh. This is something where when we get to, I don't know, we got to get over a little hump of, I don't think I see this career. I don't know. I think the Washington <laughs> sports kind of is rough, but we got a lot of great fighters. You know, I don't know what it is. Definitely. So we've talked to many boxes. Of course, we've had the privilege of talking to many boxes. And I mentioned when I introduced you that uh, I, I mean, I didn't mention this. My bad. I said that you sparred with Kobe Abridi. I actually met him. He was on the undercard, a Gary uh, Russell fight at the MGM. And it was a special experience for all of them to fight at the MGM. Is that a goal of yours to fight there at a bigger venue? You starting at entertainment sports, arena, which is dope. You know what I'm saying? Nice spot. But as you grow, what are your goals in terms of where you want to be featured at here at home and just everywhere nationally? Yeah, so I'm, I'm big on manifesting and um, speaking things right. to existence. Right. So one of the things I said I was going to do is I was going to have the first professional fights. Well, let me tell you something. So I'm backtrack. So one of my friends sent me a screenshot from college saying, bro, you said you was going to do it. Meaning I told them I'm only here. I was only at school to be the first one for my family to go to college. And I graduated, so I said, but as soon as I graduate, I'm turning pro. So I graduated in May, had my turn pro in my first fight in November. He sent me a screenshot of, a, of that conversation from, from 2011. I was like, wow, it's crazy. And then I told him, I also said, I was gonna have the first professional fights ever at Bowie State. I did that in 2018. So I wanna headline, I wanna, I always wanted to like headline a car where like MGM, when I'm driving up, I'm on a game on the side. I see billboards all the time. So I'm driving up there and I see me on a billboard, you know? So that's something I would like a major billboard where everybody's at, everybody's seeing. So that's something I said I'm, that I wanted to do and I will do one day, uh, whether it's first on the car, but I'll have my own car somewhere where look, where I'm the, I'm like, you driving on the highway, like that's Greg right there, you know, outlaw versus somebody else. It'll be major. Yeah, Jared Hurd, he tried to fight at MGM. I don't know if you noticed, but he was told by Al Heyman, you too big to fight at MGM. So if that happens, that'll be dope as well. You too big to fight at the MGM. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Anywhere on the East Coast, though, Atlantic City, Brooklyn, where people can travel to see you, I think that's that's going to be amazing. But just what is it like to fight in front of your family, your friends, your homies, all the people that support you? So... Like I said, I'm a big ticket seller. I was in Atlantic City my last fight, and we we sold more than mm-hmm. the natives there. So uh, it's a beautiful, you know, my support system is uh, is amazing. I don't take it for granted. I love them all. That's why after the fights, I try to take a picture. When lose a draw, I want to take a picture with everybody that comes support me if you can. Like I'll wait. It don't matter. It don't matter. I'll wait. I'm humble. That's who got me here, uh, and I'm never going to change. So. It's it's a beautiful thing to always fight in front of my friend. You know, I'm always we either here, Alaska, California, we're gonna be there, you know. Uh, but here, of course, because we're at home, there's no excuse for people have to well, besides like Memorial Day and Javante fighting, besides that, but we're gonna have the people there. So it's even like it's even like more it's it's more of a you know, it's like even better that I'm here now, so everybody should be there. So it's like, wow, I know it's gonna be electric in there. All right, so what's the end result going to be this coming Saturday? I don't get paid for overtime. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I'm prepared to go to right, so, I got to, but I don't get paid for overtime. I love it. I love it. Right? Don't waste no action, man. 
Nah. Get it all in when you can. So, mm-hmm. all right. So, for the people out there listening to the show, listening to this segment, why should they come out and pay and pay for this fight? Pay to watch this whole event. Tell us, tell us what. Tell them, tell them why. Uh, it's a lot of. I'm gonna keep you know. I'm gonna keep it real always. But it's a lot of great. First of all, firstly, it's a lot of great talent on the card. They're trying to bring boxing back to DMV. Uh, they say they're gonna have a lot of consistent fights and help help guys get, start their career, get on track. Secondly, if you know my fight, I got, I got some old videos of some other boxers saying, man, outlaw, bring them out. And they're going to have women. They're going to bring queens and kings out. So dress, they're going to be dressed to impress. It's going to be like a party. I mean, they're going to be there. It's going to be a good vibe. Everybody's going to be having fun. If you know my mom, she like uh, treat you like she know you for her whole life. She's going to party with you. She's going to turn up. She's not going to actually watch the fight, but she's going to give it people there. Hmm. And um, once the fight starts, she will probably walk out and walk out. But it's going to be a beautiful. Like, my fans turned up. It's all everybody treats you with love. It's going to be a, a building full of love and excitement and exciting time. You you need to come. You need to come to the fight. You ain't going to never hey, miss another one. I love it. Hey, single ladies, single dudes. You're right. You're hurt. You're saying. True. You're saying it's, an, True. it's an event. He's telling you right now it's an event. So be there. Just don't press. No yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, before I let you go, man, is anything you want to want to add? You want to you want to promote your your uh, your social media platforms? Anything? Put it out there. It's all for you, man. Uh, shout out to Rising Star Promotions. Uh, shout out to Team Outlaw, whole Outlaw Nation. Uh, follow me on Instagram at Sharpshooter Outlaw. It's all spelled the same. All spelled regular Sharpshooter Outlaw. And man, please come out May twenty eighth, DC Sports Entertainment Arena. I will put on the show. You won't, you won't, you won't be disappointed. And I appreciate the support. God is grace. All the time, man. All the time. Mm-hmm. Appreciate you, my man. No questions. Man, Shop Shoe going to put a show out there for you all, man. You can support the homie, man. Tickets are at Ticketmaster. So go on Ticketmaster. Get your tickets. All right. You already told you. You know what I'm saying? Single, single dudes, single chicks. They out, they out, they out there. All right. You can bag something. Alright. <laughs> hey, subscribe to our podcast on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, TuneIn, our radio, and Google Podcasts. Just search the Urban Sports Scene. Also tweet also follow us on Twitter at Urban Sports Scene, IG at Urban Sports Scene, and like our Urban Sports Scene Facebook page. Also subscribe to our Urban Sports Scene YouTube channel as well. Check out the home of the Urban Sports Scene, Amp Media at amppyramedia.com. And this show can be found on Podcast DC. Download the Podcast DC app to hear all of the Amplifier shows, as well as other great content. Thank you all for tuning into the show. Appreciate you all. We appreciate you all. Keep listening and just, you know, keep keep supporting us. All right. Now, you've been listening to the Urban Sports Saint for IGES. Yeti Deuces. Hey, Mega. Do me a favor, bro. Lead us out, big homie.